Joining us now in market analysis, Arlen Suderman, Chief Commodities Economist at StoneX. Arlen, let's take a look at this market, grain and oilseed trade, wheat market leading us here to the upside, KC wheat, uh, Chicago wheat especially, good strength in core beans, strength in bean oil as well. Uh, I know we got the uh, cut in Russian oil production that's helped out the crude oil market today. I wonder if that's maybe spilling over into this grain trade a little bit as well. I think we have to go back a little bit, set the backdrop on this, a couple of factors that have played into this. Uh, First of all, we saw prices spike almost a year ago when Russia invaded Ukraine on the 24th of February of last year. That was a worry about what this commodity-rich area of the world would be able to export in the years ahead. And uh, certainly that premium has totally disappeared from most of the major commodities that we deal with. Um, The market just became insensitive to the war and what was going on and thought, hey, we're getting along and just remove that risk premium and focused on recession worries. If we're going to be in a recession, demand for commodities will be less. That's the backdrop. In fact, some of these markets, the funds had built big short or sold positions. And now we come into 2023 and China has suddenly decided to come out of COVID to open the doors, allow COVID to move through the population, develop herd immunity. The people of China uh, are thrilled to finally be out from under three years of restrictions and lockdowns, and they're starting to consume. The expectation is that we will see a surge in demand for food and energy commodities coming out of China. And the economic data out of the United States has been more resilient than expected as well, suggesting maybe stronger demand. So the funds were looking for an opportunity to get a little bit more ownership of the commodities. And then things started heating up in Russia and Ukraine. That war is probably intensifying rather than going away. The risks are seem to be increasing. And you throw in there today, they had a major assault on Ukraine as far as missiles on energy facilities. And even some unconfirmed chatter of missiles may be being seen near Romanian airspace as well. Perhaps starting rumors of possible more escalation. And finally, you throw in there the fact that because of a ransomware hacking incident that one of the major companies that supplies data to the CFTC for positions for their CFTC commitment or traders report has been missing for the last couple of weeks. We don't know when that's going to get started, so we don't fully know how short the funds were in some of these markets. All of a sudden, a lot of nerves coming together. The charts have started to turn. We have a breakout in the wheat market. Corn putting in a potential bullish reversal on the charts. The algo computers are adding buy orders, and we're finishing the week strong, at least as of this hour. A lot of things definitely surrounding this market trade, Arlen, as you highlighted many of them there. And I think overall, it'll be interesting to see where we close up here today, just how much strength we can hang on to here in the grains as we head into next week and continue to watch as well South American weather with uh, dryness concerns in Argentina playing in as a factor, and then the delays in Brazil as well. Yeah, absolutely. We know that Brazil's going to have a big soybean crop. They're just getting ready to plant their big corn crop, and so we'll have the weather concerns there, and we don't know which way that's going to play out. A talk about the La Nina dying could create some tight planting windows in the eastern, maybe even the central Midwest this spring here in the United States. 
So corn has some reason to maintain some risk premium from that standpoint. World corn supplies are rather tight right now in addition to wheat supplies. Argentina's drought is continuing to bring down production estimates there for both soybeans and corn. So there's a lot of volatility yet in these markets. Over in livestock as well, I know we saw some cash cattle trade in the north Thursday afternoon, $4 higher than last week's weighted averages. Looking for more activity here yet today. Uh, Cattle and hog futures markets, so relatively quiet and mixed. So what's your thoughts of the protein sector as we wrap up the week? Yeah, we're seeing most of our strength right now in the cattle market. The hog market's been trying to basically trade both sides. The cattle market, uh, as you mentioned a little bit of light activity. Some of the poor cattle that have sold so far and in been low numbers have been steady with last week. The good cattle have been up to several dollars higher, as you indicated. So the very fact that we're trading on Friday is their most recent trend, indicating the feeders have more control. We're seeing weights since that winter blast in mid-December, down about 18 for steers, 18 pounds for carcass weights, lower since then, 21 pounds for heifers. That compares to typically we'd see about a five-pound decline. And we anticipate that we're going to be seeing these declining weights and lower weights now throughout the year as the numbers go down. We're starting to see maybe a potential bottoming in the choice cuts market maybe a month early this year because of that as well. So some good underlying fundamentals under this live cattle market. And that's comments and market analysis with Arlen Suderman of StoneX. Coming up this afternoon on Market Talk, we'll have a conversation with Dwayne Bussey of Bolt Marketing and also talk about a new pork report from Bank with Christine McCracken, Senior Protein Analyst with Robbo Research. That's going to do it for the Market Talk Midday Commentary for this Friday, February 10th. I'm Jesse Allen reporting.